Hello, America. I'm Robert Reese, and welcome to the CEO Show. We're here today with Michael Mucci. How are you, Michael? I'm great, Robert. How are you doing today? Great. Very glad to be with you because Michael is the president and CEO of Arcadia. Some of you know the name, some don't, but this is a company that is truly transforming healthcare. So start off, talk about what Arcadia is, then we're going to talk about the challenges and the transformations that are occurring. Happy to. We started Arcadia a decade plus ago with a mission of creating a unified data fabric for the healthcare ecosystem. So what does that mean? When healthcare digitized, implementing electronic health records, entering into value-based payment, exchanging data, we as an industry, we healthcare, generate, started to generate one of the largest data sets of any industry. And today, healthcare generates more data than any other industry vertical, 36% more on an annual basis. And Arcadia set out to build one of the most modern data lakehouse platforms to connect all of the disparate data around consumers, where they receive care, the quality and the outcomes related to that care. And we endeavored to turn that data into information that could be used to directly influence how to improve the way we provide care, the way care is paid for, and the way that the healthcare workforce uses information to provide better care to consumers. So let's do a specific example. I know you work with like Intermountain, with um, Cleveland Clinic, with uh, Cigna, uh, Johns Hopkins, a, a lot of the top names. Give me an example of some work you're doing and what is working out, what is not working out. It's a really, it's a really interesting problem because on, on one side of the equation, all of our work starts the same way, whether you're the Cleveland Clinic or whether you're your uh, federally qualified health center or your Cigna. You have a bunch of different data you need to be, you need collected and put together. So um, a longtime customer of mine is Beth Israel Leahy uh, in Boston. They have a number of hospitals and in the community, they have their own employed physicians as well as a number of community docs who have admit rights and are part of their affiliate network. In 2009, when we were starting the business, we said, let's, let's, Let's build some piping. Let's build some plumbing between all these disparate sources. How do we help a health system accelerate the rate of cervical cancer screenings or breast cancer screenings that they're administering in their, their eligible population to identify and treat cancer, identify and detect cancer earlier? Um, we have other customers who are using that connectivity to build and train machine learning models to be better at predicting which patients are going to have adverse disease state advancement and trying to get ahead of that by linking that patient up with a care coordinator or a care manager. And you know, further on our, our health plan side of the business and for some of our more advanced integrated delivery health system customers, they use the financial information we're able to source through our partnerships to help identify how they can start to bend the cost curve and reduce the overall cost of care, which is really important to CEOs everywhere because in addition to all being healthcare consumers, a lot of CEOs see that healthcare benefit line item that, that keeps going up and up and up, and they want, to, they want to meaningfully impact that cost. There are a lot of people in technology and healthcare. I'm sensing you're, uh, you're different than than by far the vast majority. Is there anything you do uniquely that no one else that you know of does? 
There are a couple of there are a couple of things that we do very uniquely. First, since we started the business, we had a mission and an, or really we had an ethos that any piece of data that we source, our customers should be able to see and interact with. That the market broadly, especially catalyzed by a number of the efforts in Washington has really started to move in that direction. But that's always been a big differentiator. Everything that I have access to, my customers do. And that's really important because data transparency is, is critical, especially today when a lot of us are building new machine learning or AI algorithms, being able to expose what's training those, those models is really critical. We also have always taken a stance that while our mission is about creating this unified fabric for health, we exist to serve humankind. And that, that cascades through the ethos of my team which is if you look at the last 100 years in healthcare, the global community has done an excellent job at increasing lifespan. But we've done a, a mediocre to poor job at expanding health span. So the number of, of healthy years we all enjoy, the proportion of people living in moderate to poor health today is about the same as it was 50 years ago. And so our purpose through building this unified fabric by creating these insights is really to help people live healthier, longer lives so that you can enjoy that expanded lifespan, not just have a longer life. And a really good example of that is, you know, last year across all of my customers, we saw our customers uh, as a whole execute about 10 million breast cancer screenings. And if you just make an assumption that we helped our customers improve the rate of breast cancer screening by 1%, we, we increased the screenings um, you know, maybe maybe 250,000, 300,000 additional screenings that wouldn't have happened because we surfaced patients who needed a screening. And you look at the number of lives saved by early detection, you can directly say that we probably helped save 50 lives, which is really impactful. And I think that that's what motivates my team. And so when getting back to your question of what do we do that's unique is we connect these big technology solutions. I've got this really, really top of market engineering team that's focused on building high performance, horizontally scalable lake house applications using technology that goes way over my head these days. But we marry with that the people who understand how to use that. You know, my my customer doesn't really care that I'm using Apache hoodie for my lake house. What they care is that I'm able to get them that insight that that patient needs screening or that they're in the ER and they need help or support as quickly as possible. And that's enabled by my great technology. But the fact that we can combine great technology with the healthcare know-how makes us very special. It's, it's really interesting because you've this uniqueness in a sense of building this unified fabric. And in doing that, the applications are countless. They could be towards costs. They could be towards clinical outcomes. You could work in partnerships with people. That's exactly right. I mean, a great example, you know, what I love about the customers that we serve is that a lot of them are academic health systems or academic medical centers. And so you have some of the best heritage uh, academic institutions who are delivering healthcare and they come and they'll have these great ideas. I was at, I was at one of my customers, they're, a, they're a, an Ivy League backed academic institution. And we were around a table on Tuesday talking about building and training advanced learning models for early detection of patients who needed social support. And they had this giant research team that was compiling a data set 
a data set that I don't have that arguably none of my competitors have, and they want to bring that to us and co-develop a new stratification algorithm that can really meaningfully impact the outcomes of their population. And so what's what's been really fun is, is collaborating with customers and partnering with them to build innovative solutions that aren't just the product of my product team's brains, but really the product of this community of innovators that we've we've built the business around. Let's talk about really what your vision for healthcare will be. And you, you talked about something very interesting. You talked about pressure and you gave an analogy with what happens in a pressure situation. And then with your vision, with the pressure coming on the one hand, with your vision on the other, what is the role that Arcadia will play in driving forward success and elevating healthcare, the economy, and society? Big question. I think there's there's three components that that I can I can opine on to answer that question. The first is my desire is that Arcadia helps usher in more adoption of new technology, faster adoption of new technology, and better insights and faster insights for providers and those who surround providers in healthcare. The idea being unburdening the, the ecosystem to allow everyone in a healthcare delivery system or a payer to work at the top of their license. And we talk a lot about top of license work in healthcare, in healthcare to really historically really being about licensed or credentialed providers. But really, if you're a CIO of a major health system, you have a lot of customers and a lot of your team is executing moderate to low value tasks that we now have the technology to automate, drive workforce satisfaction and provide a much more effective work product. So I think on, on pillar one, it's how do we help the healthcare system work more effectively through greater adoption of technology? And in healthcare, it's really hard to adopt technology. So how do we help accelerate that adoption? I think the second the second big pillar, and this is, I'm, I'm really excited that the, the US federal government, as well as many state governments are backing this. We really want to improve information liquidity. Okay, we are about to take a commercial break and when we come back, we're going to talk about how this impacts the workforce of the future in healthcare specifically. Back in a few. Hi, this is Robert Reese on the CEO show where we interview the CEOs who have reinvented the fabric of America. We're talking with Michael Mucci, who's president and CEO of Arcadia, and they have this unique model of, of building the whole, in a sense, infrastructure and fabric of data and connectivity. So we know that there are major changes in hybrid workforce and no one is really sure where it's going, but that clearly has a big potential on healthcare. How is what you're doing impacting that and what is your vision for where that could go? The challenge that every executive is, is navigating with hybrid workforce is exacerbated in healthcare. The pandemic was was a really interesting pivotal moment for the US healthcare ecosystem. For a decade, we have been flirting with virtual care models, telemedicine, the AI assisted, uh, whether it's weight loss or row or any of these kind of startup patient support uh, apps 
have been starting to permeate the healthcare ecosystem from the edges. But then all of a sudden, the world shut down, everyone works from home, and everyone is taking their primary care visits from the comfort of their living room on their tablet, their computer, their iPad. And that was this, this catalyst that the, the virtual care companies have been looking for. Granted, no one wanted a pandemic, but everyone was looking for the spark that got mass adoption. And now as we exit the pandemic, you're seeing this renormalization. And what's interesting in our data is that you're seeing that at the same time, in-person utilization of healthcare is increasing again, you are still seeing high levels of adoption of virtual care tools because people have realized the convenience. It's the same corollary to the hybrid workforce. We have an office in Boston and we've downsized a bit because we don't have as many people going in, but our our employee surveys are pretty clear. People want a place that they can go and congregate. They don't want to be there necessarily eight hours a day, but they're not comfortable not having that congregation space. And so what we've had to invest in as a business, very similar to what healthcare's had to invest in from an infrastructure perspective, is the infrastructure and tools to allow us to operate in that hybrid environment and the change management and culture around how do you how do you operate in that environment? You know, as an example, if we have a if we have a, a staff meeting, whether it's a leadership meeting or or uh, or a senior management team meeting, and it's a hybrid meeting, everyone has to have their cameras on. Whether you're in the room, you've got your tablet or your computer in front of you with a camera on, as well as the folks who are remote, because we don't want folks to feel left out. And I think we're seeing a similar transformation in the healthcare ecosystem, where you have consumers who are selecting that they want to receive the majority of their primary care virtually, and they want to drive down the street to a freestanding lab to get their labs done and only go in and pay for parking and deal with you know the waiting in the waiting room if they really need to see someone. And so I think you see a very similar need for infrastructure and change management. But it's interesting, it's not a problem that's just solved with infrastructure because you do need the cultural evolution to accompany that change. You know, I was speaking with the CEO the other day who said, well, we, we don't see it at as um, artificial intelligence, we see it as augmented intelligence. Because really, if you don't start with the human, everything goes awry. But there's enormous potential and probably geometric growth, also significant challenges. You're at the center of this. What's your take on what should happen? It's a really timely question. We just rolled out enterprise access to one of the GPT tools. My chief technology officer and I were out in Las Vegas at Amazon's reInvent conference, and they did an audience poll. How many, it was an executive forum. They said, how many executives have banned the use of ChatGPT or Claude because they're concerned about any number of, of different concerns? And about half the, half the room raised their hands. We've taken the opposite approach. You need to be able to control and put in place controls to mitigate risk as much as possible because you can never mitigate all risk. But for us, we want all of our employees to have access to these tools. It's just like when we moved to the cloud 10 years ago. Some of our folks were really nervous about shutting down our data center and having to learn, in this case, AWS's native technologies. And fast forward 10 years, I have a workforce full of people who've collected AWS certifications like badges, and it's helped not only make us more effective and more efficient. It's helped them advance their careers. And so we see this as both an investment in the future workforce, but also an investment in productivity. But just like the remote working con conversation we had just a moment ago, these tools are just pieces of technology. 
if you don't enable the workforce, train them, teach them how to use it, they're not going to. As an example, I, I was using ChatGPT to, to build a meeting agenda for a meeting I have tomorrow, put in a couple of prompts that I'm a CEO, I'm having a meeting with senior executives from one of my customers. We want to talk about the year in review. We want to talk about our roadmap. We want to spend 30 minutes having a brainstorming discussion. And the, the GPT suggested that at the end of the meeting on the agenda, we have mutual accolades and gratitude and applause. Well, of course, we're not going to have mutual accolades and applause at the end of the meeting. So you edit it, you review it. and But it saved me, you know, 20 minutes because I was able to put raw notes into it and spit it out. Uh, so I think that we 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 live in a really interesting moment where these tools can greatly accelerate. But you have to have a lot of thought on how to use them productively. It's just like healthcare. These models are really powerful. They can help physicians get back to providing more direct patient care reducing data entry burden. But if you don't check the output, there is there is real risk. There was that that lawyer who was using a GPT to write opinions and it was made up really beautiful prose reference case law that didn't exist because they they hallucinate. They're the models want the user to be satisfied. And so they need the appropriate checks and balances around them. It's it's a great, great point. One of the hardest things about healthcare, everyone has that story about someone in their family who had to go from one hospital to the other and they're lugging like a backpack or a manila folder or a paper grocery bag full of medical records. I, I had a I had an encounter with our healthcare system last summer and I needed a copy of a of a of a CT scan and I was toting it around on a CD and I don't I didn't know how to how to use the CD. I don't have a piece of technology that has a CD drive anymore. But that was how I was getting a scan from one from a hospital to a specialist. And it's 2024 effectively, like we, we don't need to do that. So how do you improve digital liquidity of information to reduce caregiver frustration, patient frustration, and ultimately reduce cost? Because the answer to a lot of that, if you can't get that scan, is do it again. And that's just waste. Uh, there you have it, Michael. I'm really impressed with what you're doing. And I think this hits upon the future of, of business and of healthcare. What is your website if anyone um, in healthcare, and almost all CEOs I know, they're involved in, in hospital boards, however they are. It's one of the major pieces of their PL. What's the website they could go to? Folks can find out more information about Arcadia at www.arcadia.io. There you have it. Great having you on the CEO show, Michael. Thank you, Robert.